0: Yeah, this is one of those stories that I I've been struggling quite a bit to tell. Uh and the reason for it is because I did not want it to be about me. Uh, I I'm telling a story and well, I have to be the main character, but it is it is not about me. It's the the message that I want you to walk away with here today is that there will be trials, there will be hardship, and there will be times in which your faith will be tested. But rejoice in that. There is no greater joy to know that you have been found worthy to be tested. Uh, That's the message that I I hope that everybody walks away with today. and it uh um, this story started begins on the um, the morning after our our pentecost picnic uh we went to the to the springs we had a great time uh celebrating and uh remembering the the feast day and then the next morning on monday morning i i woke up normal routine day we we um, we started the day by reading the Bible with the kids and Ariana, and having breakfast, and everybody uh, was just going about their day normal. I I got dressed and went to work, not knowing that that day would make a a definite line in our family for the rest of our lives. But the the point there was that. The decisions that I had to make that day, um, in what seemed in eternity, to my surprise, was only in a matter of seconds. And as I, um, so I got to work that morning. Uh, our class was going through this uh, this phase of training called the bag. I don't know if everybody knows here that I. Uh, I'm an instructor pilot at Fort Rucker, and I teach uh, how to fly the uh, Army pilots how to fly the Apache helicopter. And we put these poor kids through this uh, through this phase of training, in where we enclose completely the, the cockpit with a tarp so that they have no reference to the outside world, so that they learn to trust. And it is that uh, that later on I I thought and I was like, oh wow. That is exactly what we go through as as believers as well. Uh, in, in, I mean these these poor kids have such a hard time because they have to rely on solely what they're seeing in their right eye because they have no reference to anything outside. And through the through that training through that six week long training they must learn to trust their instruments, disregard completely what their all their proprioceptive organs are telling them that they are rolling, that they are, they're about to crash the helicopter. And they just learn solely to trust in their instruments. Much like we are told, disregard what the world tells you. Disregard what you hear. Disregard what what everyone else thinks is truth. Truth is right here. Amen. It... it his His word is eternal and it is true. It, 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 that's um, that was the one of the parallels that I was I was noticing uh, as I was thinking about how to tell this story. My poor student is wrapped up in in this uh, inside of this cocoon in the helicopter as we are flying. In he has to trust in everything I do because he has no reference to anything else. And soon he was about to lose even more as the, um, as the sensor just flies off. And now he has absolutely no reference to the outside world. And he, so he is pretty much trusting that I will save his life because he has no other way of, seeing outside no no reference no um at at no point is he able to even take the controls from that point on and that's one of the things that would play a huge factor in the decisions that i had to make because i i knew exactly that that he was pretty much relying on on me uh as i was relying on god to help me through all of this. Uh, we started the morning, we talked about going into the uh, into the remote training areas, which is flying really close to the trees and very close proximity to the trees. And we we briefed and we said, okay, let's, let's go over there and then I will demonstrate the first one and then I want you guys to start learning and just trusting exactly what you're seeing on, on that picture in your right eye and then just keep on flying your symbology all the way down to the ground. It's going to be easy. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be uh, very simple if you just follow exactly what I, what I am telling you. Much like we have to follow exactly and trust in, in the, the readings and writings that were left to us. And disregard the, the rationalization that the world will give you and tell you that it is no longer applicable that this this is not the word of God is eternal. And am I speaking with an echo? No, okay. So as we, as we left, we flew for about seven minutes out of the field, and we follow the corridor, which is uh, let's see if this works. Uh, There you go, so we left uh, Hangee Army Airfield and we followed uh, a route that we That that we have plotted in our map. We started just going just uh, past Ozark as we were going to this uh, point called uh, Beaver Creek uh, My student was flying and Immediately we felt this this bump in this massive jump of the helicopter. I took the flight controls immediately. And at first, I was wondering, okay, what is happening? I did nothing. I kept everything exactly as it was because I had no idea what was happening. And from that point, I knew I was going to have to make some decisions that would change our lives forever. And that was... um, that's again when you rely on your training. You keep calm and you go exactly as you have trained before. So we, we did exactly that, we did nothing. We just kept the aircraft straight and level and we started just analyzing all the instruments. Well at that point, I still had complete control of the helicopter because I did not know that only one blade had left the helicopter and the rest of the, the blades on the tail rotor were still there. So to add to my confusion, when I ap- applied pedal, the aircraft responded as, as it should. So then I said, hmm, okay, that is not it. And I continued, uh, I continued flying the, the, the helicopter uh, for about another, I would say, seven seconds. Uh, when they asked me, the investigators asked me, "How long do you think it took, from the time that you that the first malfunction happened until the time that you were on the ground?" And I said, uh, "I'm guessing about three minutes." And the guy said, "Try 14 seconds." Uh, that was uh, that was very surprising. I, I was not, definitely not expecting that. You know that short of Time because it seemed like an eternity. Um, <clears throat> as the uh, as the second as the second vibration happened, I remember myself telling telling my student, "We are going to have to put her down." And I started looking immediately for a field. Uh, this. Vibration started just getting stronger and stronger, and then and then it happened—just a big snap. And from that point, it the, the nose of the helicopter started turning to the right. And I thought of my of my student. I, I I said I can only imagine what he's feeling right now, being in this in this tarp, completely enclosed, having to Rely 100% on my judgment and my skill, uh, as I am relying on our Savior to guide my the next the next steps that I would have to take. And uh, in my in my writing, uh, I had put that as I was looking around. By chance, I just happened to see this little tiny, tiny field right underneath us. It was just it was it seemed to be just beyond the 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 reach of the helicopter, so I tried to uh, move the helicopter right on top of that field and uh well, it didn't quite behave as I thought it would because by that point i Notice that we were losing altitude and we were losing airspeed, so I tried uh, moving the helicopter over there and immediately the helicopter went nose up and I started spinning this way. And I said, oh no, this is not going to be good. So I did whatever I could to try to keep the helicopter back to, uh, to make it level as we were descending. And then the spinning started even faster and faster. Uh, They uh, they told me that the aircraft spun seven times from about 150 feet above the ground to the time that we landed the aircraft spun seven times. Uh, So in seven seconds so that would tell you that we were spinning very very fast and I could definitely Feel it because my face was just plastered to one side of the of the helicopter uh and uh my my student uh, because of the of the of the high uh, high g force that was being exerted up on him, he passed out he blacked out uh during the spin so there before consciously he was relying on myself to save him now he was he had no choice what I what I did next would be completely beyond his control because he was completely blacked out um, and I started... Trying to center center the aircraft uh, right up uh, right on top of that of that little tiny small field, and uh, I remember I remember thinking uh, initially uh, I was thinking. I hope my wife knows I love her because I knew that I was going to die, that there was no way I could survive because I started remembering this, this article uh, by our safety center that said that no one had ever survived in a, in a spin like that, in a landing like that. Uh, it was certain death. So so I started I started looking around, I started um, just trying to keep the, the helicopter down as it's descending and then and then I, I as I turned my head I noticed this white trailer um, this building. So so every time the, the that the aircraft would spin, I try to look for that building as a point of reference to try to try to keep it inside. And I said, you know what? If I can keep that building uh, in in my in, in my my field of view, I will know exactly where I am. I saw the the power lines, and I was like, okay, I definitely don't want to go over there. So, so I started just looking at this building, and I I I would move my head to try to just uh get a get a good glimpse at the at this at this building and uh as I am coming down, I remember thinking, Dear God, be merciful and the aircraft kept on spinning and as i'm coming coming down the aircraft started spinning even faster, and as we we went above, right at the treetop level. The uh, the tail boom hit one of the trees, and it came off. So it, it broke itself off of the helicopter, making the the body of the helicopter even smaller. And what happens whenever? Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen that the the ice skater whenever it, she brings her her arms closer to. Closer, and then closes that, that big, uh, the big area that she was covering with her arms. Now she becomes smaller. The rotations get faster, and that's exactly what happened. So it cut off the tail. The body of the helicopter became even smaller, and the rotation started spinning even even faster. Uh, then the the main rotor system came. treetop level and it just hit one of the treetops and it just sent splinters and chunks of wood all over the place and I remember thinking "Huh, wow this is what dying feels like I was like the next time my eyes open is going to be on judgment day I was like huh and then it started spinning and continued spinning. And I I remember saying to myself again, huh, I am going to die. Okay. And then this feeling of just peace just came over me. And, and, and I mean, oddly enough, what I said was um, after after I had, I had thought that I said hmm, okay, well at least we got that out of the way. At least we know what's going to happen. So the very the very thing that came to the very next thing that came to my mind was Psalms twenty three, and I said okay, well. We've got nothing else to do. So let's just keep it landing gear down. Let, let the spinning continue. And on the last few feet of, of my landing or my crash, I was saying to myself, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Makes me lie down in green pastures. And I continued with Psalms twenty-three all the way down. As the aircraft kept on hitting trees and just wood chips and, and, and everything was just flying all over the place. I lost reference to that building. And all I had was whatever symbology I had left in my eye. And it just and then I boom felt it it hit and what people considered to be impossible just by chance turned out to be actually that the aircraft landed with all wheels on the on the ground like it like it was designed to do during in a situation like that So, when the dust settled, I looked around, and I noticed that I was I was still awake, and well, to my surprise, I was still alive. Um, and I don't know if you've been paying attention, but I just mentioned the phrase a few times. Nothing was by chance. Uh... I could not have controlled that helicopter the way i did without the help of god i could not have seen that little small field if you look at the the pictures there's nothing but woods all the way around where i was flying <clears throat> that little that little um building the little white building is that little trailer that kept my bearing to where i was I was landing. I saw the little tiny small field there and it—well, it, there you go. It looks a little bit bigger. There you go. Right there. So as I am landing and cutting through trees, I noticed that small little field and it just uh, it was not by my skill that I was able to Put that helicopter like it was designed to, to land with the landing gear, to absorb part of that of that crash, and then my seat to absorb the rest of it and everything. Uh, Through all of this, my student passed out. Uh, At some point, I don't know exactly when, uh, he ended up passing out, which the The medics and and the investigating team believes that that is the reason why he sustained no injuries because he was completely limp and he just took the crash. Uh, There's yet another miracle. The rotational force of what's happening on the, on the helicopter, especially me being in the front of the helicopter, taking the, the whole rotation of that helicopter, should have made me pass out without a doubt. So yet again, another miracle. God kept me uh, awake and he kept me alert through the whole process all the way down until I landed that helicopter. Uh, as, I, uh, as the dust settled, I noticed that the aircraft was actually, with the blades, um, I not know if you see the, I mean the blades halfway shredded, still able to land. Uh, the, uh, it was not until somebody sent me a picture there that shows exactly how much helicopter I actually had to work with. And uh, that's um, now you can see in the in the back that, that, that white tarp that was covering my my students' uh, cockpit. And then yet another miracle happened in this little small field here. That what that white building that I was keeping as a reference. Just happens to be the house of this deputy sheriff who happened to be in his front yard, watching the whole thing happen. Yeah, so as he sees me coming down, he immediately runs over there in the, he calls emergency services before I even hit the ground. So, I landed feet away from a person who was trained to, for to call emergency services and to, and to be the first responder for everything uh, so the sake the dust settle i I remember him running to to my helicopter and i I saw him uh running from from my left side and and he said uh he said to me. Are you okay? And, and I gave him a thumbs up, and I, 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 immediately, I, I was trying to answer what what he was the questions he was asking me, but our our helmet is so so well protected for for noise that I could I, I could not understand all the words that he was saying. So I am asking him. I, I, I was like, Hey, could you please take off my helmet? And uh, actually, there is a video out there somewhere that of him running over there and me telling him that, or asking him that, I was like, can you please take off my helmet? Can you please take off my helmet? And immediately I started patting myself down and tri- uh, triaging myself to see you know, what old injuries I had. And uh, you know, of course I, I touched my face, I was like, ow, 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 and I was like, oh no. I was like, okay, ooh, I was like, I may have a broken rib, oh no. And I started feeling my legs, and I was like, "Oh no, this is not good." And I could not feel uh, from my knees down; I could not feel anything. And I was like, uh, and I saw my my legs and my my feet were just kind of sideways by the pedals. And I was like, "Oh no, I may have some broken ankles." And and then I tried moving, shifting, and I felt it. And I was like, "Oh no, my back is broken." And it, And as they came over there they they're looking at me they're they're taking things off and and i was like okay hey don't move me I was like my back is broken and he said oh oh no okay hold on and from that point it would take about 45 minutes until the time that they pulled me out because they had to wait for this harness this special harness that would tie my go keep my legs exactly where they were um, when i was seated And they tied them to my shoulders so that they would not move me. So they could just pull me exactly as I was sitting out of the helicopter. Uh, And again, yet another amazing miracle that happened. They're just, uh, uh, County Road 108 was right next to where I landed. So that made it extremely easy for emergency services to come over there. In the medevac helicopter that would take me to the hospital uh, landed right next to me. So it was, uh, they, some people uh, were telling me, they said, okay, you couldn't have picked a better spot to crash the helicopter. It, I was like, it was perfect, it was brilliant. Everybody was able to get to you and everything. There was tons of trees all over. If you would have landed in between those, in, in, Amongst all those trees, that would have been extremely difficult to get to you. Uh, so, yet, another great miracle. Uh, as the, as uh, the, as the helicopter landed, the medevac helicopter, they, they loaded me up, and they, they pulled me out of the, the helicopter, they loaded me up, and they, they were about to load my my student on there too and then he wakes up he woke up and and he's just looking around and and we're both asking for each other and it was like okay how is he you know where is he and everything and I saw him and he was awake and he was perfectly fine Um, they loaded me up and they flew me uh, to Southeast Hospital here uh, here in Dothan well again another Great miracle. One of the top surgeons here in Dothan, one of the spinal surgeons here in Dothan, just happened to be working his shift right at that time. So immediately they took me to, to get an MRI and x-rays, and it, it, as, soon as, as soon as that was done, uh, they rushed me right into surgery. By then, Ariana was already at my side. Uh, I uh, <laughs> That same deputy sheriff who, who came to pull me out of the helicopter um, had me call Ariana. But as I was still in the helicopter. So he had me call Ariana and he says, Hey, I'd rather her hear it from you than to be watching the news and all of a sudden hear that. So what is her number? He, he dialed Ariana and and I, um, I took his phone and I said, um, Hey gorgeous uh how are you? Uh, so I had a bit of a hard landing. Uh, I think they're gonna have to take me to the hospital uh, but but I'm okay. Don't worry about it and then i I heard it when he took the phone away from me, and he said, uh he must have hit his head pretty hard <laughs> because uh he was in a pretty bad crash, and I was like." I was like, there you go. I'm trying not to alarm her. I was <laughs> like, Look at that. but anyway. So he's uh. So by the time I got to to southeast, uh, she was already there, and from that moment, I don't think she left my side for more than five minutes at a time here and there. So for the next two months, she would be at my side, taking care of me, turning me. Doing uh, anything and everything because I, but, um, initially, um, I was very unable to do anything. So, yeah, so she was there, uh, helping me and uh, oh yeah, and updating everybody here at home. Uh, I don't know if you guys read any of the updates, but yeah, she was uh, diligently just typing away every day just to keep everyone updated. Uh, through, through this whole process, uh, it, it, this whole time that we spent together, I not that I did not have this profound love for her already, but I just learned to respect her and just love her so much for just, I mean, she was so willing without complaining, without saying anything, just being able to help me through this whole process. I, I definitely could not have done it without her being there at my side but I not once did I hear her complain or say, "Why, why us? why why are you going through this?" or why is it that um, God has us going through this? Oh there's Gabe over there. So uh, funny thing right? because of this COVID restrictions and everything, they do not allow uh, visitors at, at the... Uh, at, at the Atlanta Center, at the Rehab Center. So, uh, our clergyman came over there and then our, yeah, the, the, the chaplain there, he's like, oh, is, is he your a uh, clergy? I was like, yeah, of course. He's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. He gets special treatment. He he, he doesn't count us a, as a visitor, so yeah, he can come over there and visit you. <laughs> so I, uh, so he came over there and uh, visited us. But, um, so, That, that was uh, one of the things that, that I, uh, uh, I, I was, through, through this whole process, I, I was thinking, dear God, thank you for being so merciful in sparing me. Uh, I'm not telling you that, that I'm a man of great faith or that you know, I'm way better than anyone else or in a better standing. But through this whole process, I was just thankful. Gratitude was the, the number one feeling that I, that I felt through this whole process. Uh, it, it, it was um, almost overwhelming. And the thing is, as we were reading uh, Matthew 24, Um, Yeshua says uh, if anyone wants to come after me let him deny himself take up his cross and follow me. He doesn't say life is going to be gravy from now on. You will not have to worry about anything. Everything is good. Just uh, follow me and you will be okay. So that was I was just so thankful. Um, And Ariana and I were spending much time talking about this. I was so thankful that this happened to me and not to one of the kids. As we we were over there at the Shepherd Center, yet another miracle in itself. Some people have to wait about six months to get to the Shepherd Rehab Center because it is so popular. It is one of the best uh, spinal injury centers in the U.S., So people are on the waiting list for up to a year to get there. And within three days, we had a spot. It was like, just, I mean, if that is not just a testimony of of his greatness, I don't know what is. Um, This, uh, it has definitely been physically testing. It, it, it that's that's okay, uh, because n- oftentimes, right? Th- there's this, um, this passage in First Corinthians that I was reading, uh, First Corinthians 10 that says, uh, God won't give you more than you can handle. For years, I misunderstood that as thinking, uh, that God will only give you what you can bear. What you what you what you can actually through you take up and continue carrying on. But then I said, okay, wait, have I been misreading that? Huh, maybe I have. Because then I read another one that says Um, rejoice in this even though for a little while you you may have to experience grief in various trials, but even gold is tested for genuineness by fire. So then I thought, okay, huh. As I was reading this, this booklet that Ariana had on the, uh, on the desk over there at, at, uh, in Atlanta and it says no God does not give you God will give you more than you, than you can naturally handle because he wants you to rely on him for the rest that made complete sense to me I was like oh okay growth cannot happen, refinement cannot happen if you stay in your comfort zone. If you stay in that nice little. Comfy spot where. Where you cannot go through trials. Where you just never. Uh, never experience. Refinement. Then. He cannot use you. And that's. That's what. That's what. Uh, First Corinthians is talking about. He God wants you to rely on him. For that for that extra part that you cannot handle. Rely on him, trust in him, so that you may grow. And that's where we, we found ourselves like, oh, okay, well, that makes so much more sense. Uh, the uh, Because we oftentimes uh, think that, as long as we believe, it's going to be okay. It's going to be, uh, and it will be. As long as you are focused on the eternal. We are here but a moment. I mean, this this life, as, as, as it happened to me, I, this life was about to be done. I, I was, uh, it was going to pass and then the next would, would begin. It is then where we should focus. The eternal, the, the promise that he has giving us. In, in a moment of, of about seven seconds, from the time the spin started to the time that I was on the ground, that that became very clear. It's like, oh this uh, this is temporary. We are here for just a moment. While we are here, we will go through trials. We will go through grief. And that is okay. It's how we bear through those trials, how we witness to others during that that moment is what bears witness to His greatness. And that's That's one of the things that that, uh, became very clear. Uh, As I was looking at the ground and saying, Oh, I'm going to die. But from that point on, it was just calmness. Once you go past that, you're like, okay. Mm His promise awaits me. Uh, so as Peter tells you, rejoice, rejoice in this, even though for a little while you may you may have to experience grief in various trials, even gold is tested for genuineness by fire. I was like, wow, that's a uh, that's amazing. It's like, so what do we do when during hardship? Rejoice. Rejoice that you are you have been found worthy to be tested. So that he may use you. That's so. Rejoice. Let's pray. Abba, Father, we thank you so much for your greatness. We thank you for such amazing miracles which you have performed. As we see the impossible become possible just for the greatness of your kingdom, for your For so that I may be here to testify on your greatness. I, I thank you for the trials that you've put us through so that we may be better servants, so that we may be refined all for the greatness of your kingdom. I thank you for all all here who bear witness to you all who are so willing to serve i thank you for your patience that you keep on showing us over and over as we stumble as we walk away and we come back to you i thank you for all that you have done for us i thank you for the air in my lungs and the beat of my heart so that nothing guarantees you that we will have the next one So that as we breathe, we may continue to worship you. All for your greatness. Not for us, not for our own understanding, but for yours. Thank you for all the wonderful things that you do for us. In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen.